And welcome to episode number 19 of the Hudson Havoc podcast. And this is uh, this is going to be a good one. We're coming off the biggest win of the year, a huge playoff win over at Wisconsin Rapids. That was the icing on the cake that's going to propel the Hudson Havoc to their goal we've been talking about all season long, and that's a trip to Boston to the national championships. And we're going to talk about that, the win over Wisconsin Rapids, the preparation coming up, which won't be this weekend. It'll actually be next weekend. But there's the guy across from me that engineered this whole thing, and that's the general manager and head coach of the Hudson Havoc, Brett Wall. Brett, first and foremost, congratulations. I will say thank you, and the next I will say I told you so. I told you we'd be back here for another one, and we'll be back here next week to do make sure we do one more before we head out. So That, that is true. So if you go back and listen to last week's, I'm sure it's mentioned on there that uh, you know you were confident going in. and you, you always want to be confident, but you also felt in your heart of hearts that you could go over there and win and get out to Boston. You know, after we won the first game, I felt very good. Um, we played decent on Saturday. I think good enough to win. Just a game that just didn't didn't go our way. They scored a power play goal there. That it, it is what it is. Five on three. Um, but I told you how many times in this podcast. Yep. What are we building this team for? Sunday for Sunday. Building yep. this team for Sunday. And I knew I had the right pieces. And I was and I said it all year long, over and over and over and over. I don't want to say that I'm sitting here saying I'm right. But I knew exactly what we were doing, and I knew exactly the piece that I had in that locker room. You can feel it. This team is different than any team I've ever had in the past. The way these guys love each other, compete for each other, work for each other. Like The, the message this weekend was very simple. You have no right to not show up for each other. Right. And every guy respected that and did a great job. The games that we uh, didn't come away with the victory that we wanted, um, I thought guys still played really good. I thought our effort was good. Guys stuck to our system. We had a great opportunity there, six on five, to kind of keep things going. We had a really strong third period. Um, so for me, just didn't end kind of going our way in the end. Um, but going into Sunday, like we were sitting there, and, and after the game, me, Dean, and Sturgeon, and uh, Coach Marty were sitting there, and we're like, you know, do we need to change anything? I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, pr probably not a whole lot. A few tweaks offensively with some line stuff here and there. Okay. But other than that, like we, we loved our game plan. We loved what we were doing. We, we loved the matchups that we had. We just, everything felt good. And I'll be honest with you, I felt more comfortable and at ease this weekend on Sunday than I did last weekend on Sunday, to be you honest did. with you. Yep. It just, I, we had the team that was built for this. And all year long, we've been asking for this game. Since last year, when the Moose beat us, we have been asking for this game for one more time. And I've said it multiple times. And I think to myself, yes, we've gone the distance in each round as far as the gameplay. But what what more, you know, just like is our team than that? Right. There's two more games in which these guys get to hang out, play together, prepare right. together, like battle together. Like that that's our team. The, these guys just want to be around each other. They want to hang out. They love each other. Like it, 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 I've never been a part of a team that is this much of a team before. And the ones I've played on, the ones I've coached, like this is a team in every aspect of it. And so for me, I kind of sit back and laugh. I'm like, no wonder they wanted to go the distance. They just wanted to hang out a few right. more days, um, which I love that. And what I truly love is there was never any panic. There was never any highs or lows. Like guys just going, like, yeah, we got this. And when I was in the lobby, you know, after the game and on Saturday, just kind of feeling the vibe and kind of sure. seeing what's going on. Like it seemed like we were fine. In the past, we had lost games. We knew we'd learned lessons. We used those lessons that we learned in the past. We were able to apply them this week. We'd already been in a Sunday situation. We knew how they how they battled when their backs were against the wall. We felt that maybe they emptied their tanks to try to maybe get just to this far. And we were kind of walking past the mirror smiling, and we knew we had gas left. Yeah. And it was something that was awesome. So total team effort. 
very proud, been manifesting and asking for this game all year so we can have a chance to make it right. And my God, did we make it right? Well, we're, we're going to talk about each individual game, but I want to yep. I, I want to go back and, and put this whole thing into context because the, the start of this story starts with the ending of what happened a year ago. Yep. So let's bring us back to last year. You lose in the game to go to bot to, to go to the championships on the road. It actually was in Spooner. It was in Spooner, but against the Moose I, I, because I, COVID right. relocated them. And that, that was a tough loss. So let's, let's go back to there because this season started when last season ended. And let, let's start with that. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I'll just be very blunt and very honest. We, uh, we went out, we had a very good team, the best winning percentage and right. record in the regular season. Um, didn't really face a lot of adversity, to be honest with you. We got to the first round. We rolled through the first round pretty yep. easily and handedly. Or handedly. We got uh, to the second round in Spooner, uh, met with the Moose. The Moose had an unbelievable team, and we went out there and we lost the first game. Um, a little bit devastating, to be honest with you. I thought we, we, we thought we had a chance to win that one. We ended up not. Uh, lost in overtime, so it kind of takes a little bit more out of you and drains you. Yep. Come back the next night. We end up winning this one in overtime. Dylan Hallaby has an unbelievable goal. Um, and then that next night we came out, we were just flat. We, 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 we were dull. Um, we, we played uh, Kenny three nights in a row. Um, for me, I thought to myself, I'll never play three goalies again three nights in a row. Okay. This year we played Kenny the first two in the first round. Nider played the third one on Sunday. This uh, this round we played Nider the first two on the first game, and we played okay. Kenny on Sunday. So for me, I took that lesson. I learned and grew. I was like, we got to have a fresh goalie. So I thought we did that. We checked that box, and our goaltending was fantastic. Six playoff games and six goals. Three of those goals are on the power play. Sure. One of them is five on three. So, I mean, you, you tell me that those guys aren't doing work. I mean, that, that, that's freaking incredible. And that, that's truly kudos to Coach Braden Meyer getting those guys ready. But the work that those three guys put in, literally Kenny Trelli, Ryan Knight, and Matthew Powell worked their butts off day in and day out. And what better time to show that than when you have a tandem that can really showcase what they're doing and winning hockey games at the highest level. So we did that, and we got better there. So I was like, okay, that's something we can learn from. I also remember last year in that final buzzer went, I picked Sean Potts up off the ice crying. Yeah. I told Sean, I said, we, we won't be here next year. Yeah. We, we won't be here. Like, it'll be a different situation. And he looked at me, and he believed it. So we ended up losing, I think, uh, eight guys to college, um, seven at the NCAA level, one at the ECHA level to Adrian, which was Ryan Hoover, one of our favorite call-ins. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we had a handful of guys make a decision to go a different direction. My director of scouting left me to start a team somewhere else. Okay. And we more or less had to start everything from scratch. Um, we had seven or eight guys, or I think six or seven guys returned to the Havoc from the year prior. Um, and when I say the core of my team, the core of my team, uh, Sean Potts, our captain, Patrick Noonan, another one of our captains, Harvey Dove, one of our captains, Dylan yep. Hollaby, one of our captains, Logan Milhausen, one of our captains. Yep. And then you go and you've got Brock Hart, who was young and has stepped up and matured tremendously. You've got Eisen start coming back and has really grown. He played, got the opportunity to play at a higher level and has came back and brought a lot of knowledge and continue to move on. And then you have Kenny Torelli. Right. I mean, player of the year last year. Player of the year last year. I mean, like, my goodness, like, think about a core. Like, that's a fantastic core to start with. And then look at the pieces we were able to bring in. I got a brand new director of scouting with Scott Sturgeon. Uh, Scott Sturgeon has been with me for one year, and he has one national tournament appearance. Yeah, We're going to dictate. Like right now, uh, we kind of talked to the guys earlier today. We have a national championship appearance banner that is going to be hung in Hudson. Yep. Now we have to dictate what's written on that. Right. Are we doing a national championship appearance? Are we a final eight? Are we a final four? Right. Are we a semifinal? Are we a, a finalist? Or do we win the thing? 
And for me, I think just the opportunity to know that we get to dictate what's on that banner. I think he's got guys kind of encouraged and kind of excited. So that's a huge step there. And then, you know, I, I needed some coaches that I knew were going to be able to help me and really guide me. So Dean was brought in. Dean yep. has a championship pedigree that is literally you cannot, oh, yeah. you cannot deny. Um, I, I don't know how this guy did it year in and year out, year in and year out. I'll be honest with you, I about passed out before the game on Sunday. Uh, my blood pressure was so high. I was so intense. Like, I, was really? re- I was ready to go. Like, I, was, I was in it. I, I loved this. I'm thinking to myself, like, man, like, this is a feeling that so few people get to enjoy. And I'm just looking over at Dean like, what a lucky life this guy's got. Yeah. And, he, and everywhere he goes, he wins. And then you look over and you think, man, he's done this for a lifetime. And here we are together. And he is just as immersed and just as in the fight as he probably would have been 30 years ago. And it's just right. like, man, it's, just, it's so awesome to be around. Um, Coach Marty has been on the bench and controlled the back end for one year now. And he's got a national tournament appearance. So for me, I just, I think everywhere we grew and gotten better, Braden Meyer, like look at our goaltending right now. Like, holy smokes. Like we took that game and we literally took a real look in the mirror. We need to change some personnel on and off the ice. We need some people in our program and we need some people that need to step away. Yep. And we made additions that truly helped us propel ourselves to this next level. And we did that as a staff. And then, you know, you do that because you know you think you can get there. But then you got to say, okay, you know what? So what do we have as far as players? We returned that great core group that came back. And then Scott Sturgeon just went to work and found the absolutely incredible pieces, not only as hockey players, but people in our community. Strongest the Pavic program has ever been best it has ever been our building program is so strong our community support is literally incredible um i'll never forget my my owners called me after like well what's the community thinking that we were going to nationals and i was like they're freaking crazy for it this is awesome so i think everything just last year it let us know that we need to look in the mirror if we make some changes and we do things the right way we are going to take a massive massive step forward and for me as a as a general manager and as a head coach and you know as a runner of the program there's responsibility to the guys that were here before to continue to make this better and continue to make this grow. I couldn't tell you how many guys I had reaching back and reaching out to me, sending us videos, wishing us the best of luck, telling the guys to get it done. And then all of a sudden when we did get it done, how proud they were. And I keep reminding those guys that we're not here without the teams that were in the past that that we built this on. And there was a team prior that one year showed us that, you know, getting the national tournament and doing this is very real. And again, I don't know if we do that necessarily this year with how young we were and the group that we had and the changes that we made without knowing that we had that team in the past that had done things the right way. So for us, it let us know that, hey, we are Havoc and this is doable. And we see that banner and we want a banner. We've seen those rings. We want rings. So I think just letting guys know that everything that has been put in in the past as far as the work, the effort, the changes that were made this year, we had a chance to do something really, really special. And Honestly, guys did a fantastic job of stepping up and appreciating and respecting that. This year, we talked about a few more lows than we did last year as far as gameplay. Well, those lows have now led us to success. So we also didn't get to talk about this kind of high last year either, which is something that I think is truly just testament to these guys. We learned a lot this year. And I told you, you I think there's a lot to take away from this game. There's a lot to take away from this game. I didn't really get the chance to say that a lot last year because we just kind of mowed things over. This year we face adversity, two elimination games on Sunday, and yep. my team steps up in the biggest moments and wins one goal hockey games. Which what what is more what I preach than defense? Yep. Six goals in six games is huge, right? And then you look and we're winning one goal games in the most important games of the year. So our guys are detailed, our guys are disciplined, our guys are prepared, our guys are executing. So I just I just think to me like everything that we've kind of put in throughout the five year the four years prior the amount of work we put in this summer, the nasty taste in our mouth from last year 
and knowing that we've got a great group here. I think we've done an unbelievable job putting this together. And truly, kudos to every single guy for doing their job. This year, I got to be a head coach and general manager. Yep. My assistant coaches were assistant coaches. The building coordinators were the building coordinators. Like the strength conditioning coach, strength conditioning, all down the line. Like everything was perfect. And most importantly, the players showed up and did their job. They went out and played. They went out and competed. They went out and loved each other. They went out and supported each other. They made themselves immersed in this community. And they made an impact. So for me, I'm just very, very proud of the work we've done. Um, with you know, maybe coming off that, I'll get into my feelings a little bit more about kind of my expectations leading into it later in the podcast sure. here. But um, for me, just an absolute tremendous turnaround. Unbelievably proud um, and so happy with the success that we were able to find. And so. Coming off last year, and we went all the way back to last year, and it was it was a disappointing loss. But on the other on the other side of the coin, a very successful season in terms of uh, all time wins last year. But you came up just short going to Boston. You made the changes. As an outsider looking in, there's one moment that I seem to recall that maybe was a, a big moment in the season, and that was when you had swept Wisconsin Rapids over there the weekend before. Yep. Huge huge wins. They came over and did the same to you the next weekend at your barn. Sunday night, you made some decisions and made some moves at that juncture after that series. Take us back to that moment. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, that, that and that's that's not me. That's that's all Scott Sturgeon. Okay. Um, me and Dean and Marty and Foz, we tell Sturge what we want, what we think we need. And he goes out and, and works his butt off. And one thing I love is we didn't bring one piece into our locker room that was that, that hurt us or broke us. Yep. We didn't bring one piece in the locker room that expected more than they deserved. We, we brought a lot of high-end pieces in, and they were willing to say, you know what, I'll, I'll sacrifice a little bit for the team. Uh, for me, one of the probably, I don't want to say, I don't, know if, I don't know how to describe what kind of feeling I had, but it was just a feeling of like, man, this is incredible. And I can't even put it into words, but, Cooper Brodzinski, who's our leading goal scorer. I think he's got like yep. 30-something goals on the year. Harvey's our leading point guy, but Cooper's right there with goals, right? We're, we go up a goal, and there's seven minutes left in the third period, and Cooper is really strong defensively, but Milhausen is known for his, for his defensive ability. And he looks at me, and he goes, Wally, he goes, if you got to play Millie over me these last seven minutes, like, I'm more than okay with that. He's like, do whatever we got to do to make sure we win. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, this is a guy that wants the puck on a stick. He wants to shoot every time he gets the chance. And here he is telling me in the most important game of the year, put somebody else out there if it's going to help the team. And I thought to myself, like, man, like, tell me that's not bought in. It kind of makes yeah. me emotionally even think about it. It's like, these guys literally will do anything for each other. And that's a piece that we picked up after that, after that win there, or after that uh, loss to the Rapids. And then you go and you look at what Cooper did. Cooper goes out and scores a game-winning goal last Sunday to get us through in the mullet. So biggest yeah. game of the year, and he, and he scores that goal there. Then we went out and got Nico um, th as well. We were in a spot where we have one of our guys get banged up. Nico was coming back from an injury, and Nico played through and played well for us and competed and, and really gave us everything he had, even though he's not feeling well, and kind of put his personal well-being second to the well-being of the team. And, and as a coach, like you've got to applaud that. When you're asking a guy to play through pain or asking a guy to – kind of continue to battle even though realistically it's probably not in his best interest like and him willingly step up and say i'm willing to do it like man like th that's the kind of stuff that champions do and then you go and you look at connor Sousa. we picked him up and scores our game-winning goal here the guy goes out gets his first shift in the third period 
scores a goal and then goes back on the bench and is kind of waiting for his next one and ends up not coming and goes out there and is just as happy as can be. And I told you all year long when we were talking on this podcast, yep. what, what's Connor Sousa going to be for us? Championship piece. Yep. Who scores the goal to send us to the championship? Connor Sousa. It's just something for me, like all year I spoke about it. I could feel it. Like that, there's just something different about this team. It's just the way we work, the way we operate, the way these guys come together. It, it truly is something special. Um, but truly that all goes to Scott Sturgeon for orchestrating that big trade and those big moves. I told him what I wanted and what I needed. Um, and he's the one that kind of got things set up in place. I was just very fortunate to be the one to sign the papers to put them through. And how many times as a sports fan, and you can see this at all the different sports at all the different levels, you'll have a, a team contending for a championship and they'll make a big move late in the season and bring in a, a superstar piece. Yep. And f- the fan base will say, this is the piece we needed. This is the player we needed. But it doesn't work. It, it disrupts the chemistry. Yeah, there, you know, and and it actually, it's a regression rather than that rather than improvement. And that did not happen here. You know, the, the, it just all worked out like you say because of the team chemistry and the commitment to the to to the championship goal. Well, I mean, and that's that's our team. Our our team does a great job, and we talked about it, right? All of a sudden, when certain guys come in, it takes away from some guys that have been getting right. more and. Um, it also makes the environment a little bit more competitive and a little bit more college type atmosphere as right. to where there's going to be 30 guys on the ice that can skate and can take your spot in the lineup. And I love the way that a lot of our guys have responded. Like, you know what, we're going to take this guy in as our own, but we're not going to let this guys have this. Like we're, we're going to compete still for our sure. jobs and it's raised the level of competition and practice. It's raised the depth of our team throughout the course of our actual games and being able to play. I think we win a hockey game this weekend on Sunday and the weekend before on Sunday because we have four lines that can play. So we're not just shorting the bench early to kind of hope we get a win. Like We're in a spot where it's like we can really control things based on our depth. And guys did a great job at truly respecting that and buying in. Not a lot of people do. right? That, that's hard when all of a sudden your boss brings in somebody that you think it, is it coming is. for your job, right? That that's doesn't right. make for an easy atmosphere or room. And well, what if one of the guys that's losing the job is one of your best friends, right? Like it's just, it's kind of the way things work. Yep. Um, but guys did an unbelievable job of just being pros and understanding that, you know, if I come and do my job, I'll still find a way to be in there. And if I don't, it's going to be somebody else's. But at the end of the day, my job is to show up and be my best self. And, and guys just like every day have stepped up and done that and practice has been competitive and, at the end of the day, these pieces have been great for us on the ice as far as team chemistry, but our guys off the ice have done a great job of making sure that these guys understand our culture, bring them in, and get them immersed immediately. So you you make the moves with uh, after the Rapids yep. series, and then you went on a big a big roll, and the, the the schedule definitely played in your favor. We talked about that you know months ago that you were going to end with home games and some of the teams on the lower end, but you you went into playoffs really yeah. on a roll. You know what though, we uh like we we played the Moose uh, four times in a row. Yep. Um, and that was huge. Uh, played the Blue Ox in that stretch. Um, played the Mullets, I think, twice, which is a team that pushed us to the brink in playoffs. Yep. So, I mean, we had some pretty good games in the mix there that last half. Um, since we made those trades and that acquisition in the last weekend or two, we did def- definitely had a little bit um, easier team as far as where we were playing. But I think just kind of overall, uh, guys just did a good job respecting who we were playing, understanding that every game is going to be an opportunity to kind of prepare for what's next, right? And all year long, I feel like in the past I may have been caught up a little bit too much about winning regular season. Sure. Like, let's win, let's win the regular season title. We got to finish first. We got to finish first. And this year, it was really just the mindset of we're polishing our axe here and sharpening it to make sure that when we get to that chance, like we're going to be able to, you know, ready to go and not burn out, not tired, not nicked up, um, but just the opportunity to say, you know what, this tree is here. Let's chop this thing down. 
instead of going in there with a dull sword and saying, oh, goodness, we got a tall task ahead of us. So I think just that mindset of knowing that the regular season didn't burn us out or drain us, we used the, every opportunity to kind of learn yeah. and grow. Um, again, that, that, that takes the players to do that too. There's some games you walk into and you know you're going to win, and how you you know prepare for it, approach it, and play is truly dictated by you. Our guys did a great job at handling that in a professional manner. That way, when the big games did come, it was just another day at the office for us. So the regular season ends, and you are slotted in as the number three seed, and that that really means um, it means a couple things. You, you get home ice on the first round, yep, and you beat you beat a good Mullets team in a good series. That also means you're going to go on the road in that second round. And we kind of figured it would probably play out this way. We didn't know you're probably going to have to go back to Rapids again. Now, just to put this into context prior to that, in your five years here, you had never won at Wisconsin Rapids until you, until that weekend sweep. And so you got that monkey off your back earlier in the regular season. Yeah, picked up a lot of points. And we, we played yep. a lot of overtime games there, but have never been able to never been able to find a way. We find a way to lose an overtime game or a shootout uh, you know, game. Like It was always one of those ones where it's like, what the hell? Um, and this year, yeah, we went in there and had, had a great showing and a great appearance. And I think that does truly help us, right? Going into playoffs, all of a sudden, we're not going into the Rapids with a, you know that monkey on our back. Like we've never, yeah. Well, we've got to win two games here. Oh yeah, and by the way, we've never done it before. Um, so I think just the opportunity to kind of really be in that mix is huge. One thing I was extremely excited about is the big Sunday win for Kenny Trelli, his first win in net in the building. Okay. Um, so that's huge. I want to make sure he got out of there with his career, but. I mean, what, how awesome is that I can send Sean Potts out of here with his junior career, and he won four times in a barn that he's never won once in. And there are guys that were here with him years before. The whole first four years of our program has never won a game in that in that building. And now I'm in year five, and every single person in my program currently has won a game there and won multiple during the regular season and uh, playoffs and swept a series there. Yep. Um, so just a lot of good momentum building and things we can kind of use to move us forward. I thought the guys did a good job at walking in and, respecting the environment and the atmosphere, but also to, you know, not overlooking kind of where we were at or anything that we just, we knew that we'd won here before we could kind of be good. It wasn't something we were trying to kind of avoid or distract us from, but at the same time too, it was a waiter, a waiter burden. Like it's like, Hey, we've been here. We've done this. Let's roll. So you go over there Friday night and the big win on Friday. And that's big. That's big for a number of reasons. If you lose that opening game and a three game series and you're on the road, that means you got to win back-to-back elimination games on the road. When you win that first game, that's huge because now you're sort of in the driver's seat. I mean, you 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 got to finish it out, but that that win on Friday was just huge. It it, it was it was big. Um, for me, it makes you comfortable. It makes you confident, knowing that again, not that you can lose one, but you got one in your belt. Right. Um, it, we're not in a spot where we can like overly grip our sticks or stress it too much. But at the same time, too, we talked about just the idea, and it's like I've never killed anyone before, but I bet if you if you were fighting for your life, like you'd fight like hell, right? And so for us, that that's what it was. We were ending someone's season. Maybe we're ending a few right. guys' careers. Like th- these guys are going to fight like you've never felt before in your life. And sometimes, you know, those game twos are a situation to where maybe the opposing team has to fight like hell, and it drains a lot out of them or it gives them momentum. Right. Like there, there's two ways that can kind of sway or go. Right. Yep. But majority of the time you've got to fight so hard that it's tough. But then on the other end of the spectrum, too, you've also got the highs of knowing that if you're going to win this, it's like, oh, man, it's done and we're good. Right. And then you have the letdown of like, oh, man, it's over. We got to go back to war again tomorrow. So, I mean, for me as a coach, like that game, too, like it kind of puts you in a spot where it's like, yeah, what, what do you really feel? You know, which one's going to drain you more? Um, but getting that first one out, I think, is just kind of huge because that game, too, like you really are on those spectrums with, with both teams. And I yep. thought, 
for me, I thought at the end of it, when I really got to sit down and kind of analyze it, I thought the the juice that, and the fight that they had to give to continue to fight another night wasn't quite as much as it was for the letdown for us. Like for us, if we go out and we get shellacked game two, I think all of a sudden it's Different like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. But game one, you come out and we beat them three, nothing. We'd handled it, handled ourselves very, very well, have a good game plan night two. And again, I, I think the emotion of them fighting like hell for their lives kind of overpowered the energy level of us had knowing that, you know what, we lost and it was okay. So I think they were a little bit more drained than we were because we played a good game. Like I said, if we, if we lose that game three, nothing, I think it maybe it sways a little bit more sure. right? who's feeling what uh, maybe they don't have to play their second, third line as much. Maybe they can play all four lines. I think we put them in a spot where the game was so tight and so competitive that we had to keep pushing, pushing, pushing as where we have four lines they didn't have as much. So I think it's truly like the physical factor and fatigue factor I think with where we were at, I think it kind of maybe pushed them over that hump to where maybe they were kind of going downhill as where I think we were still kind of climbing a little bit. Um, and just very proud of the response. Like I told you, when we, when we got to the hotel, like no nobody was looking in the mirror like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? Guys were walking past the mirror in a little smirk like, we've got this and tomorrow's ours. So you take Friday. Yep. They take Saturday. That sets up Sunday. And, and just to put this into context, you've talked about preparing yourself and uh, positioning yourself for Sunday. What you're meaning by that is that that third game in a three-game series, which would be on Sunday. When you want to know what HUD Vegas is, it's game three on, game Sunday, three on Sunday at 7 o'clock. So that, that is HUD Vegas. So they're, so they're on Sunday. They're the higher seed. It's their home ice. You've each, you've each won one. Up to that point, you've played seven times. Yep. They've won four. You've won three overtime games, one goal game. Everything's I mean, close. Every, yeah. Everything. Nothing's every, been crazy. We had no. one game, which one team exactly. didn't show up. And other than that, yeah. Exactly. You hit the ice on Sunday. You talk to your guys, and you go out there. What did you talk about? What is? What are you thinking in your head at the start of Sunday night's game? My heart was racing. I wanted it so bad for these guys. Like it was one of these things that was just you, you very few times in your life you get to feel like this, right? Oh, like, yeah. where, where you know that you're either going to be in the valley, or you're going to be at the mountaintop. Right. And there's, there's one or the other. There's, there's, there's no, no middle. Yep. There is no middle, right? And it, it takes a long time to kind of pull yourself out of that, you know, valley. And it takes a long time for you to kind of come down from that peak. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I am exhausted today just from getting everything I'm organized sure yesterday, but getting back and just kind of get everything together. Um, it takes a lot out of you. And I think just our guys going into that game, we were comfortable with whatever the outcome was going to be. Okay. And I always tell the team that is okay with sitting with these high and low, high and low, like these uncertainty type emotions are the teams that are going to be okay. Yep. And, and the ones that are, are going to be fine. And I thought we did a good job of really doing that. And you know what our game plan was, John? We're going to go out and we're going to play like we practice. Okay. That's exactly what we said, literally, to a T. And in practice, I, I, you're going to hear Jay from JT here in a bit. Uh, I, I am a guy that is on you. Uh, I, I never let you breathe. Like, okay. no no one is off the hook. I'm not off the hook. You're not off the hook. So practices are hard. Practices are intense. And Dean is engaged. And Marty is fired up. And, and everyone's going. And, and our team really strives when we're on them and, and kind of pushing them like derby horses. Like they, yep. they, they like that. Um, so, literally, we're going to go out here, boys, and we are going to play just like we practice. I'm going to be on you. If it's good, I'm going to let you know. If I need more, I'm going to let you know. If there's things that need to be corrected, Dean's going to take you aside. On the back end, Marty's going to fix everything. 
And that's just what we did. We literally went out and we said, we prepared for this. I knew we had more legs and we had more gas. Brent Jameson has our guys going all game three. All I kept hearing is built by Jameson, built by Jameson. I'm just like, you're damn right you are. Um, and that's something I loved. Like our guys were ready for that. Guys were healthy and ready to go. Like, I just think there was a confidence and a swagger that we just knew like, this is what we've done all year. We were going to go out and on this Sunday, we were going to go practice all oh, it's a game. And we went out and we executed just as such. So, so this is, and this is how sports work sometimes. Probably a year almost to the day. Yep. You find yourself in a very similar spot, different guys, different year, different, you know, that you were a year ago on the road in an elimination Sunday night game. But this time it ended different. Yeah. I mean, more my speech and not necessarily my game planning type stuff. I, I literally told the guys that this is what we've asked for right? for a whole year. This yep. is what we've asked for. And the hockey gods have given it to us. Yep. Like, like this is what we've asked a chance to make this right. And here we go. And at the same time too, how cool that a chance that we got to make it ours, right? This group got a chance to do it their way and do it different. Like right. that, that's why I think it's, it's so special. Every team that is here is not the same team. I, I hate when people ask, like, you know, like, how's your team play? Like, what, what's your team like? Like, what if we're so like, well, I, I really don't know. I don't know what our team's going to play like. Like, we do yeah. something different weekend to weekend, game to game. Like, so when people ask me, like, at the start of the year, like, you know, what's your team like? Like, I, I don't know. Right. Like, our guys were able to adjust. A lot adjust. of new guys and just. Yeah, yeah. Our guys were able to adjust and transition to not only, you know, a new place at the rink new coaching new environment uh away from home for the first time for some of these guys just like all these things these guys went through and to know that you know middle of the season we're sitting here i'm like man i, I know we got the piece i think we got the pieces is going to come together and, and that's where i kind of started stop focusing on regular season i started focusing on really just like how do we make sure that we are ready for the most important night of the year and we've done a great job of preparing and such and, and the guys did a great job of showing up every day know that's what we have to do now, I will tell you this, though, John. This time around, when that finer buzzer went, yeah, Dan, did it feel good? I'm sure it did. <laughs> Two years ago, it was the best it's ever felt. Sure. This year, I'm hungrier. I was content getting to the national title tour, the national tournament two years ago. Like, it felt good. Like, oh, the weight's off our shoulders. Like, we're going to the national tournament. And I do think we could have won. I do think we have the team to win that. But I don't know if that, that was truly 110% the expectation. It just, it felt so good just, just to, to be, be there. there. Sure. And this year when we won, I, I don't know, like I was so satisfied and I was so happy. I don't want to take away from that, but I just thought to myself like, man, why don't we just keep going? Sure. Like, like we've really have something real here. Like with the team that we have, the matchups that we have in our round Robin and pool play, I'm not afraid of anything that's out there in the USPHL. Like it's like, man, let's keep staying focused. So for me, when I came in after the game, the message was very simple. Like, guys, this feels great. Let's enjoy this. Like, we're making history here. But my God, let's not settle because we have something good here. Yep. And we talk about, you know, HUD Vegas betting with house money yep. and betting it all. And who do you bet on? Yourself. Like, this is a perfect storm, a perfect scenario. You guys have heard me literally manifesting this on the podcast for weeks and months yep. now. Um, I was very sure and very certain. And I just, I love that these guys came through and truly kind of, know saw their fate through and now we got a chance to kind of control more of it it's like we got a chance to make history here Let, let's keep pushing so we're going to talk about boston here in a moment i want to, I want to go back to, to, to sunday first yeah. first period sunday walk us through that good period um back and forth uh they score it was got up one nothing um on a power play for me a little uh, yeah, on the so power play i don't i don't want to say we had the best officiating i won't say we have the worst but we may have had the worst 
um, that we've ever had and a power play goal and they, they scored early. Could have been deflating. Our guys instead just kind of kept going and chipping away and sticking true to our game plan. Um, so first period was kind of tight and into the first period, kind of like, you know, we, we know we got more gas in us. Okay. Uh, then we get to end of the second and we score with about 35 seconds left to the end of the second period to tie it up one to one. And as soon as that puck went off Brock Hart's stick and went in the net, there like there was like a, a switch. I, I could just feel it. I was like, okay. it's ours. And and not that it wasn't before, but you know, when you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, and goalie made five or six like grade A saves. I'm like, dang, like, do we run into a hot goalie again? Like, it can't be the case. And guys, literally, there was no panic on the bench. Last year, we got in a situation on Sunday and we were a little bit frustrated. Guys like Harvey Dove were slamming their sticks. Guys like Patrick Noonan were mad at themselves. Like, guys weren't themselves. This year, I looked down and Harvey Dove is making sure that he's resting and recovering, ready to go. Patrick Noonan is talking about guys out where they need to be in systems. I'm just like, man, like, okay, like, we got this. And then, you know, you go and we score that goal and just the confidence coming into the period. We've been the best third period team in the USPHL all year long. Okay. So now all of a sudden we got ourselves in a perfect storm again, John. We got a one goal hockey game. The one period that is remaining is our best period that we've played all year long. Yep. And we're in the Sunday game, which we've begged, pleaded, and, and asked for multiple yep. times to, for a chance to punch our ticket to Nationals. Like, how awesome. Like, how many people get to experience that kind yeah. of stuff? That's true. And a lot of times in sports, let's be honest, it doesn't play out like that for no. one reason or another. You, you, you hope for it, you plan for it, but for one reason or another, it just doesn't fall into place. But this year it did. It absolutely did. And that, that's why I feel so encouraged that, man, we've got a lot more work left here. And then we've been very fortunate to have this break in between here to get guys organized. Yeah. So my first year, literally we won the thing, and then I've got to have all our flat travel, hotels, food, everything booked. Oh, and by the way, we're leaving on Wednesday. So it's like, oh, my goodness. So I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, get things organized. This year, I've got a whole week and then a few more days. It's like, man, what a difference that makes from a stress standpoint and just able to prepare. You, you answered my next question. So two years ago, there wasn't this gap in between. John, it was miserable. Okay. I, I literally, as soon as the game was over, I had a beer in the Zamboni room with a few of the billets. And then it was my owners called me, and I was up literally until six a.m. making sure that all the flights, and hotels, everything were booked and organized. Like it was chaos, exciting chaos. I don't want to take away from what it was. It was fantastic. I loved it. But man, you want to talk about a helter skelter very, very quick. Well, look at the NHL for example. Let's say you, you win a playoff series. You got a whole. St- separate staff that arranges all that but this yes. this all falls on you i mean you, you know yeah so hotels uh food meals the everything. whole thing yep. and so head coach gm travel agent you, you do it all so i, I want to go back to sunday night the final buzzer rings the final bell goes off and you've realized what you've been planning for and hoping for what did that mean to you on, on Sunday night when it was finally done. Oh man. I, I, it's tough to put into words. Oh, honestly, sure. like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's a feeling like I'm kind of getting goosebumps. I can feel my hair standing up. Just talking about, like, it's a feeling you can't describe it. It's, it's yeah, it, it's unique. Like, and, and that's the thing, like you're gambling for 60 minutes and you're gambling all season to know that if it's two, one on the other side, God, my heart is broken and I feel right. so different. And I think for me, even before the game, that's what I kept telling Dean. I was like, man, I just, I know how good this feels and how bad this feels. That That's what makes me so nervous. Yeah. It's just, just the amount of energy and effort you got to put into it. And then when it's finally done, it's like, you almost don't have any feeling. You're, you're almost like, I don't know how, it's so hard to describe. You're happy. You're exhausted. You're ecstatic. You're sad. Like it's, it, it's, it's everything. Like it, it's, it's, 
I don't know. It's undescribable. It's again, this is why you pay. This is why you're in sports, right? right. Like, so few people get to feel like this. Like for me, I always like watching a team win a title, and I always love watching the celebration after. Almost more than I like watching the game, because it's like you get to see that like those realizations that like you're what you've woke up for every morning for the last you know six months. It's now here. And now that we have an opportunity to continue to do what other teams have done in the past, like we can now carry the torch even farther. So it's like, it's an opportunity where it's like everything is kind of still in front of us An opportunity is still so real, but you're also at the top of this mountain and you're like, you're, you're able to breathe for a second before you yeah. look up and see, realize there's a bigger one. Like it, it, it is just, it's so hard to describe. Like for me, I just, it, it gets me all over with emotion wise because it's the best. I wish everyone could get a chance to feel like this. Well, and, and you accomplished two things and two big things And anybody who is a sports fan knows how difficult this is, regardless of sport yep. or regardless of level is to win a championship game away from your, on somebody else's home ice. And number two, by your own admission, ending somebody else's season. So you yeah. have to do both of those things simultaneously to be able to accomplish that goal. I mean, to another one goal game between the Havoc and River Kings, right? right? I mean, and both teams, fantastic. I, I, on Friday, I had college coaches pulling me out of the locker room before the game even started, just because they needed to know about these players before someone else was to get to them. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how cool is that? Yeah. And you're in that atmosphere. You're in that environment. Yes, we were on the road. I'm going to be honest with you. As far as travel accommodations, the people in the Rabbits at the hotel are incredible okay they treat us like we are the only people that exist right and like we are the new york rangers like it, it truly is phenomenal we have a great setup over there with rocky rococo's craig the oh, owner yeah. okay. is, is one of my guys love him uh we got a little subway that we go to on a regular basis there there's every we have the, the people at perkins love us and take care of us like it's it's, it's yeah. just a really good setup and everywhere we go we're kind of known and, and loved and appreciated but that's because when we're there our guys are treating people with respect we're not walking around like when we're on the ice. I'll be honest with you, we got a little bit of swagger to us. It's yeah. not, it's, it's a little less than arrogance and not quite an ego. Sure. Um, but, but it, it's a confidence factor. That factor, like it's, it's a swagger. We know who we are. We know we're the best and we know that no one's as good as us. When we go to that, when we get off the ice and that switch flips, like I just think about my guys, we're in the lobby of a hotel. We've got 25 pizza boxes and my guys are asking where the dumpster is to take it out. Right. I look over and my guys are taking the trash out of the trash can to make sure that it gets emptied. There's like little things for me that it's like, yes, we get treated this way. And yes, it makes it comfortable. We earn that. The people at Perkins treat us so well because my guys are so respectful and treat them politely. And we go in there and it's very easy to kind of get along. Our guys aren't loud. Our guys aren't obnoxious. They come in and right. look like pros. Just everything that they've done, I think, truly kind of led us to the spot where, like you said, how hard is it to win on the road? Yep. And how many times have you heard me on this podcast talk about getting as comfortable as possible in uncomfortable situations? Yep. Guys made an effort. Guys did that. So for me, that comfort level away from the rink leads to us being comfortable at the rink, leads to our success. Like I think it's just the entire Havoc model was implemented this you know last few weeks and executed. And all the pieces fell into place. And it's not just by luck or by chance. It's by months yep. of preparation and preparing yourself for that exact moment. You know what? And I'm glad you said that. I, I, I love luck. I think it's fantastic. I've had a lot of people wish me luck and, and even some people that are way above me in the coaching game. And my response to every single one of them was, I appreciate it, but we're going to go create our own. Yep. Vince Lombardi had a quote. He said, uh, luck is when uh, opportunity meets preparation. 100%. That, that's that's a, a very a good quote. Looking back at the series, the, 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 the eight games, the yep. Havoc and the River Kings played. River Kings won four. Havoc won four. 
three went into overtime. I think was five out of the eight games were one goal games. I mean, this is a three overtime, one shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, this weekend. So, so, so eight games, you know, a very good rivalry. And this is from a development standpoint, these are the kind of teams and the kind of games and the kind of series you want your players to be part of from a development standpoint. Absolutely. If I could play a few teams, uh, eight, nine, 10, 11 times during the year, I'd absolutely do it for me. I just know the magnitude of the games. And when guys are asking this summer about like, you know, like what are some games we should watch or what's some good film for me? Or when, you know, college coaches are asking about guys, just go watch the River Kings series in which game, any one of them. You can you can tell if a guy can play or if a guy cannot in right. a game in a series like that. It, it's one of those things where it's like, look, it's competitive. It's going to translate to college hockey. I've played Division One at, at that level. Yep. Marty has coached Division One hockey. Marty Quarters um, for the River Kings. Dean has coached Division One hockey. Yep. So it's like, do you have guys on the benches that are teaching players exactly what college people do? And so if you want something that's going to translate and be relatable, you know you got players that are in those programs. Now when you got players that from both programs that understand that, prepare like that, and compete like that, you can put a product on the ice that, co- that schools and coaches can watch and say, you know what, this can translate to the next right. level. This can translate to NCAA hockey, or this can translate to ACHA hockey. And I think it's kind of one of those things where at the end of the day, it's, it's an amazing recruiting tool. We will have more from head coach GM Brett Wall later in the show after the upcoming player profile segment. The Hudson Havoc would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone in the Havoc community for playing a part in this memorable, successful season. Thank you sponsors, game day staff, billet families, and all the fans that came out this season to support the Havoc team. Be sure to follow the Havoc next weekend out at the National Tournament on Hockey TV. All details can be found at HudsonHavoc.com. And we are back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast. It's time for our player profile section. We have in studio number 51, Jackson Taylor, plays defense for the Hudson Havoc. And Coach Wall, I'm going to have you introduce uh, Mr. Taylor for us. Uh, This guy's a warrior in every definition. Um, Plays in all three zones and competes competitively. Plays in every situation. Penalty kill, power play, six on five both ways. And is obviously a a key role in shutdown. Can uh, put a... You know, help uh, manufacture a goal, but at the same time, too, does a key job at shutting down other teams' top players there. Um, so a guy that we rely on quite a bit and heavily, and a guy that came in as a rookie and has made an impact uh, very, very quickly and uh, had a lot of fun working with. So I'm excited for you guys to get to hear a little bit more about him. Jackson, you hail from Shawnee, Kansas. Tell us a little bit about, about where Shawnee, Kansas is. Um, It's about uh, 25 minutes from the city of Kansas City. Okay. A um, little bit west. Nice suburbs. Okay. Now you uh, tell us about high school hockey in Kansas. You know we're we're pretty got pretty well established high school hockey here in Wisconsin, especially in Minnesota. They just did the state championships over in Minnesota with fifteen thousand people there. What is uh, high school hockey like in Kansas? Well, there's only uh, there's only like one team, and they go and uh, okay. they go play in the Midwest Division. So they'll go play uh, Iowa and Missouri teams. And it's it's not a traditional high school team. It's more of a like a kids from the area, right? Yep. Okay. And that's, that's very different, which leads me to my next question. How does a kid from Shawnee, Kansas get started in the game of hockey? Uh, my dad really liked it growing up, couldn't afford to play it. So as soon as I was born, he got me into it. Tell us about your first hockey memory that you can remember, not even, even before your first competitive game, but what got you interested in getting on ice and, and intrigued you about the sport? 
Um, there was a little outdoor rink over by where I lived. No okay. boards or anything, just uh, just ice. And me and my dad would go out there and skate. So I think that was probably it. That's awesome. I got, how old were you when you started doing that? Se- six or seven. No, now, did you have to flood it? Flood, flood the rink? Uh, no, the city did. Just the, the city did. Yeah, it was like thirty feet by thirty feet, just a little thing of ice with one little net. So it's pr- primarily for for like recreational skating. S- skating. Yeah, not, not for hockey. Not not for hockey. So nope. so you're clearly not born in a in in a hockey hotbed by any means. No. Nope. Did you follow other sports? Baseball. You're, so you're you're a baseball guy. Oh yeah. Why'd you follow baseball? You got to give a little background about your dad's story. Uh, my dad was a really good baseball player, played uh, Division One college baseball, and then got to play in the minors for a little bit. So Okay. And for, for, for what organization? The St. Louis Cardinals. For the Cardinals. Okay. And that's certainly down in your area. And yep. the Cardinals have a big following in the, that, that neck of the woods down there. Oh, yeah. So you're in a place where hockey really isn't um, established, at least relative to the upper Midwest, for example. What got you involved in competitive hockey? To what lengths did you have to go to to be able to play it? Um, well, after my Bantam year at 14, my coach and told me and two other kids from our team who were, you know, on the better side that we just got to get out if we want to keep playing. So, uh, we moved up to Iowa and started playing AAA. So at 14 years old Mm -hmm. by yourself, parents stayed home. Yep. That's, that's a big leap, you know, and a big, um, indication of your dedication to the sport to leave home that young to pursue your dream of hockey. Well, I, I know for me, that's one of the things that kind of attracted me when I was recruiting him. Uh, his dad originally is from Ohio. So for me, that's obviously a great connection sure. there. Um, but also, too, like the having to leave home to kind of pursue the dream. Uh, I know a lot of kids have that opportunity, but how many kids after their Bantam year say, hey, you know what, I'm actually going to go do this um, and kind of give up a lot and sacrifice. I know when we were kind of in the recruiting process, he was traveling back and forth um, so he could live somewhere else to skate and train in the course of the summer. I'm just like, man, this guy gets it and this guy's committed. So, I mean, that's definitely one of those things that, for us was extremely attractive. You know that this guy is really truly full in and immersed in the game and um, kind of willing to do whatever it takes. Well, that's, that's tremendous. You know, you talk about Wayne Gretzky, this is from a different era and he's from Canada. He went on the road at 12, 13, yep. something, some, something like that. So you're sort of out of, out of that vein. So at 14 years old, you said, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave home. I'm going to leave my friends, leave my family because this is what I need to do to play this sport. I mean, yeah, uh, I still got to see my family quite a bit because they would come up and, and go to games and stuff. Okay. So not completely away, but yep. That, that, that's a that's a big jump at such a young age. Absolutely. I, yeah, it's, it's still hard for me to believe. I mean, I don't I don't have kids or anything like that. But right. I think, hey, you know, you're going to be gone. And, you know, you say they see you at the games on the weekend, but I couldn't imagine not every day, like not being there and not being in the home. So I just that's one of those things that I kind of went through as a player and I had to kind of do that, too. So I was like that this guy's willing to sacrifice everything. It, it makes it attractive when you're recruiting a guy like that. So you roll into Iowa, which has more opportunities to play. Tell us about that experience. Uh, it was good. I played uh, all four years of AAA there, 15s through 18s. Um, had some really good coaches and played with a lot of really good players. Tell us, about, good hockey. Tell us about some of your coaches and what you learned from them. Um, I'd say Nick Sova was my last coach for 18s. I got to play two years under him. Okay. Um, it was good. He was a big defenseman, taught me a lot of, a lot of stuff about defense and just really how to, you know, shut guys down. So what, what, what was the biggest difference you noticed coming from Kansas and more of a kind of almost a recreational thing, I'm assuming to much more competitive environment in Iowa. What was the biggest change you saw in the, 
that change of levels? Uh, the skating for sure. Okay. It's so much faster, faster. Yep. Physicality of the game. Yeah. I mean that, that increases as you get older and you know, as your level increases for sure. But the skating was just levels above of what it was. What was some of your um, game game experiences? What what were the crowds like? What were some of the rinks like? Uh, you know, did you play in front of big crowds? Were some of the rinks, you know, on the higher end? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've got to travel the country and play in a lot of big rinks, okay. you know. So, I mean, crowds are good sometimes. Depends, especially when you go to districts and sure. a lot of scouts there. But yeah, it's hit or miss sometimes. So you you got to travel the country. So you weren't just playing in Iowa. You were a team based in Iowa that traveled around the country. Yeah. We played the tier one elite league my first two years there. Okay. What were some of your teammates like down there in Iowa? Uh, a lot of good guys, kids from all over the country as well. You know, uh, I think there was only two or three of them from Iowa. So okay. yep, a mix just like me. So what were some of your teammates? What did you learn from them? What are the kind of the relationships that you built with them? Um, I mean, we had playoffs, we go to war with each other. So I'd say those are more, more of my brothers than teammates, just like this team at this point. So, so you were able to develop a team chemistry and, and, and all you guys are young I mean, you're, you're not even 18 yet. You're, you're still a minor mm -hmm. at the time. What were some of your favorite games from that era? I'd probably say our rival games against Omaha okay. and then, uh, going up and playing Shattuck on, on a Wednesday night. So did you and Coop play each other before? I don't believe he was there. No, okay. I don't think he was there. And that's Cooper Brzezinski, correct? Uh, Cooper Anderson. Anderson. Okay. Okay. Um, Shattuck St. Mary's. I've actually called games there. And tell us a little bit about, about that. You know, Shattuck St. Mary's, for those who don't know, Sidney Crosby went there amongst many others. Yep. And they are a a prep school, but they don't compete in the MSHSL. They're their own separate thing. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Um, they they were really good. They uh they put a whooping on us a few times. Oh, so. they did. But uh, really fun games. I mean, the barn's always packed there, and I mean, we put up a, a good fight most of the time, and then it gets out of hand. But. <laughs> so that you were pretty impressed with their talent level. Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, what were um playing? That's that's in Faribault, Minnesota. So so that get that gets you up in this neck of the woods. Did you ever play other places in Minnesota and Wisconsin? I assume you did. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. You're in Blaine for the Tier 1 Elite Playoffs for sure. Okay. I know that. Um, yeah, did he play anywhere in Wisconsin, really? Um, Yeah, Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee's right. rink yeah. with the uh, – it's got the – The ovals around – The skating track that goes around it. Okay. I think it's the Pettit Center. It's like the Olympic training facility for speed skating. It has the two Olympic-sized ice rinks in the middle of the oval, right? Yes. Yep. Dan Jansen and Bonnie uh, Blair were from the, – uh, they were speed skaters. I didn't um, know that you played. That's one of my favorite rinks that literally I feel like anyone I run into, I'm like, so you played in this rink in Milwaukee? Like, oh, no, we played at MSOE or we played somewhere else. I'm like, what sure. the heck? Like, th that's the only place I grew as a kid growing up whenever we travel from because I played in similar league at the time, um, just different name now. But we would always play up there in the Pettit Center, and that was the same setup. So it's quite unique. It's one of those places that you uh, it's hard to forget once you've been there. Oh, and yeah. That, that's where they, they train for speed skating for the Olympics. So yep. we had some good players or good skaters that came out of there. What, um, how did your skill set improve? I mean, what skills did you want to improve upon during that Iowa, the whole Iowa experience? Um, I mean, all of them really, but uh, really just working on my offensive game. Okay. These last, I mean, last few years, just really working on my hands and ability with the puck. So you're a defenseman, but you also wanted to have an offensive element to your to your play. Yes, sir.
Now, what uh, at what time during that time period, the four years, did maybe a light, I call it a light bulb moment, all right? We always talk about that with these other players where the light bulb went off and the thoughts started going in your head. You know what? When this is done, I want to continue to play because this is something that I want to continue to do in my life. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I just, it's kind of all I know at this point. I mean, I've <laughs> been doing it for for most of my life and grew to love it. So Now, is your uh, ultimate goal to play uh, higher level juniors or go on to Division three college? I mean, I mean, I would like to play in the null for sure. Okay. Yeah, but. Which leads us to our next question. What was the path that um, found you being introduced or hearing about head coach Brett Wall in the Hudson Havoc? Well, uh, I was actually getting ready to sign to another team okay. in the NA3 and uh, got a call from Scott Sturgeon about five days before. And he said he was interested and set up a, a call with uh, Coach Wally, and that was it. Now, how did Scott come across your path then? Just just through his research, I suppose, or scouting, or go ahead. Yeah, we watched we'd watch some games a little bit, and then um, Jackson's former coach, his brother, actually grew up playing against at Michigan Tech, and he okay. actually relocated back here to the area um, and kind of spoke with Nick a little bit and found out what was going on as far as you know guys that were available and kind of out and about and around. Um, we got a chance to watch some hockey TV and some stuff, and just kind of said, "Hey, this is a guy that can really kind of fit our mold." Um, and then Sturge, like you know, the bulldog that he is, he actually just sent me a text and told me to tell you hello, John, and that he's working. Um, <laughs> the guy never stops. But, yeah, he just was like, look, we need this guy. I was like, I think we do too. Um, and then Sturge, the bulldog that he is, just went out and made sure that we got the opportunity to connect and talk to him. And um, once we kind of spoke to Jackson, kind of heard what his dreams and aspirations and goals were and obviously knowing kind of a little bit more about his background and personality and hearing some of the things he's gone through to get where he's at. Like, you know, this guy fits not only our, you know, needs as a player, but just kind of our wants, too, for the community aspect and the locker room. Uh, so it was just kind of something we knew, like, hey, we got we got to find a way to get this guy, and very fortunate that we did. Now, Jackson, wh- when was this that this occurred? No, the season had already started, correct? No. No. No, it hadn't no. yet. Oh, okay. So so you, you've been here right from the start of the season. Yep. Okay. We had some players that joined, joined you later. So you come rolling into Hudson, Hudson, Wisconsin. Had you ever been here before? I have not, no. What did you think? I mean, I liked it. I thought it was nice. A good little area, small, peaceful. And uh, how did that how did that compare with where you were in Iowa? Um, very similar. I'd say okay. it's I'd say where I lived in Iowa is a little bit bigger of a town, more okay. stuff around it. But I mean, very similar. I'm going to back up a little bit. So you, you to talk to Scott Scott Sturgeon, and then you have a call with Brett Wall. Take us back to that phone call. What did you talk about? And and what when that call was done, was your mind made up? Hey, I'm I'm going to Hudson. Um, no, not for sure. I mean, when I first got the call, I was like, man, I'm kind of done with all this recruiting stuff. I had already decided that I had picked a place, but I'm glad I listened and, uh, he got my attention right away for sure. So was coach wall persuasive. Oh yeah. (laughs) We, we, we knew, we knew he was capable of, we knew we wanted him. Um, like, like for us, I mean, if you go back and you watch this weekend, I mean, you're probably logging close to 30 minutes a game this yeah. weekend and key important games. And he plays, like I said, when we introduced him, every single role. Um, one of the things he's kind of talked about is having his offensive game, you know, improve. And, and honestly, I think you've done a great job on the power play to start the year. You were a guy that, you know, at times is like, ah, I think he can do it. I'm not 100% certain. And by now it's like you're, you're a mainstay and a staple and a for sure, a for sure on that power play unit. Um, and a guy that can really kind of operate and execute from all ends and all aspects does a great job moving the puck in the neutral zone, does a great job breaking the puck out, can skate as well. 
Um, I think your offensive game has grown tremendously as well as your defensive game has continued to get polished, uh, which was already a strength in your game to begin with. But um, just the way this guy competes day in and day out, I mean, it's, it's something special to watch and a lot of fun to work with, very easy to work with. Jackson, what did you know about the Hudson Havoc franchise prior to that? Um, really not much. I, okay. I just knew they were, they were in the top USPHL league okay. and that was really it. So you go to your first practice and you're, st- you're a teammate. Did you, did you know any of your teammates prior to that first practice? No, not one. Okay. So you're all about roughly the same age or, or very close from here, there and everywhere. This is, I call this a melting pot. Cause you got guys from California and Ohio and Illinois and, uh, you know, Harvey's local, you know, one local from, uh, right here in Hudson. And so you, backgrounds of here, there, and everywhere, some from Canada, overseas. What what was your initial impressions of this of this group? Um, Right away, I was like, uh, no one seems to be a douchebag. I mean, we all we all got we all seemed to get along right away. So okay. it was it seemed to mesh really easy and fit. Well, one of the great variables to this team's success as as, as an as an outside observer is team chemistry. And it, it clearly shows that this team has good team chemistry or you probably wouldn't have accomplished what you have so far this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone's really starting to just buy in and do it for each other now, and it's really helping us. Who are some of the teammates that you kind of uh, developed a relationship with right from the, else, right from the get-go? Uh, I'd say my stallmates, the, the old guys, Kenny and Sean. Okay. So. That'd be Kenny Torelli and Sean Potts, correct? Yes, sir. And they they had been here before. Yep. And so they were able to offer you maybe a little bit of guidance and perspective because they had been here. Yes. Yep. Tell us about your your billet fit. Now, one of the big aspects of junior hockey, we've talked about this all all season long, uh, is your billet family. Tell us about them. Uh, They're awesome. Tori and Mitch McNamara. And they're on vacation right now in Arizona enjoying the sun. But, yeah, they're great. I mean, they're young. No kids, but one dog, and they're good people. So I enjoy living there. And Brett, you know that goes to the work you guys have done. And I know it's not just you. There's others that have arranged this this billet family yep. relationships. Did you did you see a fit there for Jackson? So for me, I I don't necessarily match the players up. Katie and Jenny do an unbelievable okay. job of getting that set up. What I did love about Mitch and Tori is that. Um, Tori comes with a background where she's played college hockey and, oh, been in okay. net and oh. Mitch was just so easy going and very welcoming. And for me, I was like, man, I feel so comfortable around this guy. Um, I, I definitely know our players are going to feel that same way too. And they've been a huge addition to the Havoc family this year. And, um, you know, we're been very glad they took JTN for his first year and very glad they uh, decided to, you know, be a billet for sure. their first year. So the whole thing kind of worked out really good. And, um, we're glad that both sides of the party there are having success. Jackson, what, uh, what role does your, your family back home play in all this? I mean, they're they're fantastic. I couldn't do it without them. You know, I wouldn't be here without them. So they they do everything for me. They they, tri- they make the drive. They make just about every trip. Come to every game. So it's awesome. And you've been away from home pursuing this hockey dream since you were fourteen, and now you're nineteen. So you're in a way you're you're a seasoned veteran on the road, being that you've been away from home since you were fourteen. Yep. Yeah. It's been a uh, it's been a lot of travel. So. I'm very thankful for what they do. Uh, family be able to get up here and, and see some games? 
Yeah, I mean, almost every weekend, almost every one. Every uh, weekend? Almost every one. They, yeah. they drive up from Kansas every weekend to see you no matter where you play? Just about, yeah. That's fantastic dedication. Yeah, yes. they, they, they are incredible. Um, a ton of games. We always see them on the road as well, a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to have a support system like that backing you, but just two great, great fans and supporters of our program as well. Jackson, do you have any siblings? Yes, I have a little sister. Okay, and she's still back home then? Uh, she is. She she loves to make the trip too. She loves okay. to watch. She's she's my biggest fan. So excellent. Take us back to that first havoc game. What which one was our first game? Uh, the was it the moose on the road or his home, the first home one or away one? Oh, let let's start with your first one because you started on the road this year. The moose four yeah, one win. Game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good game. It does feel like years ago, though, huh? Yeah, it does, man. <laughs> I mean, that's back in the fall. I mean, you're talking what seven, almost seven months ago, isn't it? Yeah, October one. Yeah, I mean, don't make me do math on here, John. Six six months, it, over half a year ago. Yeah. What did you? How did you compare the level of play, level of competition, judging on that first game, relative to what you had come from? Um, I'd say it's a little bit more physical for sure. Okay. But uh, I'd say it's, I mean, about the same. The speed, about the same. But uh, kids are bigger, shoot harder, you know, older. So Early on, what was your expectations for this team? Early on. I thought we were, I thought we were very good right okay. away. I mean, just all the pieces we had, I thought, you know, we had a chance for sure. I thought we could be something. So you come home, tell us about the first game at Gornick, which came, what, a couple weeks late. I know there was a little gap there. Yeah, a few weeks later against uh, the Rum River Mallards, our first home game there. Yep. The building was packed. It was awesome. Tell us about that first home game. Oh, it was it was awesome, yeah. The the environment there, uh, all the fans come out, and it's it gets loud. It's fun. And so that would that be a step up from some of the places, like when you played in Iowa in terms of crowd and energy and a community connection with the team? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a bigger fan base just in the community for just the team, for sure. Well, one of the things that, that the Havoc has done and Brett and his staff have, have been so good about is is community, uh, immersing yourself in the community and community involvement. Tell us about some of your experiences with that outside of the ring. Uh, yeah, this is my uh, this was my first year ever having to do stuff like that. I mean, it seemed like every week we were always out giving back or helping out. So. It's been good. It's been nice to get out there and, uh, you know, see the faces who come see us. Has that helped helped you grow as a person? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Tell us about the, the coaching staff. You know, we, Brett has talked uh, very glowingly and justifiably so about his coaching staff. Tell us about some of your experiences with the various coaching staff members. Uh, I mean, I like them all a lot. You, how could you not? Wally's always on you. And then you got Dean, who is just a legend. Yeah. Uh, Fazio is kind of one of the boys, but he's also, he'll get on you and he's got that mean side. And then Marty's just awesome. Love Marty. So they have really pushed you in your, in your development. Oh yeah, for sure. Every day. Now, what did, uh, at what point of the season, I'm going to frame, got to frame this question just right. Did you start to say, think and believe this is a Havoc team that we can, we can go far. We can we can make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think it was there from the beginning when right. when everyone comes to play, you could see it. I mean, we were we were a really good team. So it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together and uh, getting to that final 
that final form. Is there one? Is there one game from the season that you found pers- personally satisfying that really sticks out in your mind and say that that was my best game? Um, yeah, beating the River Kings in their in their barn. Okay, not just this weekend, but the, earlier, earlier in this year. Yeah. yeah. So some of the rivalry games, River Kings is one of them. Blue Ox is another one. Did you did you really feel the intensity of those rivalry games? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's electric in there. It's uh, everyone's gunning for each other, so it's real fun. And so you, the season ends, playoffs start. We're talking a couple weeks ago now. You op- you open up the playoffs. You're able to advance in the first round. Now you go to Wisconsin Rapids, and you had won there earlier in the year. But how did you prepare yourself going in there a second time, knowing you had to win two out of you had to win two out of three to advance and get to Boston, which we've been talking about all all year long. What what did you do to prepare yourself in that week leading up to the playoff? Uh, the exact same thing I've been doing all season. You know, just keeping my same routine, okay. keeping everything the same. What what did you hope to work on for yourself for your skill set from the beginning of the year till right now, and and how did you improve that? Um, I I mean, back to the offensive game, okay. you know, just really just adding that extra skill level and that that extra base so did coach dean really have some words of advice for you in that regard uh yeah he's always got words of advice for for everybody and uh you always listen so and of course brett wall was a defenseman himself yep what what pieces of advice did you take from him um he says we play the same game a lot so okay. uh, that's why do, I asked. we do play a very similar game that's why i asked what uh well i'll also tell you there you asked him a question previous john you asked like you know, when do you know we could go on a run or when do you know that this was going to be real? Like for me, I thought it's, it's much like him from day one. Like I've kind of manifested this and told you this, but me as a coach, when I knew we were good, uh, there was two two points in the game. I just remember looking at Jackson. I think we so we scored the goal from, goal from Souza and we come through the line and the look on his face was just like, we got this. We got to make, make sure we're tight. And then there was a pony kill uh, with three with there like three and a half minutes left in the game, a two minute uh, high sticking call. And we you guys just went out and killed like a, a good probably minute off of it. They we ice something happened where the puck ends up coming back in our end. I can't remember what happened. Maybe we shot it out. Uh, but he, Marty ends up putting you on the ice. I saw you going out there, and I was like, oh heck yeah, like we're we're, we're going to get through this. We're good. Um, just because I saw JT get out on the ice, and then the defense parents like, okay, like, we, we've got the pieces we need. But the look on his face coming through the line after the goal, I was like, okay, we're good. And then there's kind of the him with the swagger he had when he stepped on the ice to kill those last 30 seconds of the PK. I was like, oh, like we're, we're set. We're packing our bags here. So um, a guy that truly competes for us, like Duncan Keith type minutes, um, easily close to 30 minutes a game this weekend. And just every, every single situation, key role for us, um, plays with every single guy in our lineup as far as on the back end and can absolutely help from right side and the left side. Um, you don't find that too often. So just a, truly an asset for us. Jack, <clears throat> excuse me, Jackson, when that, Final horn went off in game three, Sunday night over in Wisconsin Rapids. Bring us back to that moment, what it meant to you personally. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, for me, it was just, you know, the icing on top of the cake, you know, finally getting to go back to nationals and uh, and get it done. So it's fun. You're looking forward to going to – obviously you are. What, what do you hope to uh, – two questions. What do you hope to take away from this experience? And ultimately, what do you hope to accomplish out there? And I, I know I know the answer to one of them, but go ahead. But what, what do you hope to extract from this experience for yourself? 
Uh, I mean, I'm hoping to walk away with a ring. That'd be awesome. Right. But, uh, you know, just to, just to get out there and to play in front of some people and play with my team would, would be really good. And I'll, I'll bring this to coach wall. One of the great experiences from a development standpoint is to be able to play in game, these high profile games like that. And these guys are going to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, when you're a recruiter and, and I know that when I'm a coach, like, I, I want to try to find teams that are winning programs, right? right. I think winning programs have winning pieces. So to be a team that for, you know, twice in the last four seasons has been able to go and, and make a push here at this national tournament. I mean, that's huge. And knowing that it gives us an opportunity to go out here and show these guys that if you do this the right way and you compete, like we have an opportunity to put winning on our resume and champion right. on a resume. That's something very few guys get to do. So I just know the opportunity with one with the scouts and the eyes that'll be there to watch that. But I know later in life when people are looking back and, you know, maybe you're trying to find your commitment or whatnot and they look back like, hey, this guy's been a champion somewhere. Right. Um, that stuff goes a long, long way, you know, regardless if it's a job or maybe the jump to the next level of junior or, you know, what maybe determines what college you go to, et cetera. Um, but just having a champion on, on you know, that, that status on your you know, resume and your title right. is huge. Like I was sitting there and I was, you know, excited about going to a national tournament and this is my second time in four years going. And after the game, I was sitting there next to Dean. I'm thinking to myself, like, Dean, the, Dean did this four years in a row at the NCAA level. Yeah and one one like I, I can't imagine what it feels like just because the energy you got to put into getting there and the effort and kind of the relief of hey it's over um man it, it, it's just it it's it's hard to think you can go through that year after year after year after year and to think that a guy like that has done it and it, it made me just kind of sit back and think it's like man like there's a reason that people are champions because right. they live for it and there there's a type of feeling and a type of emotion that you have to gamble with right when you put yourself in those spots or on that bus ride home on Sunday, we could have felt much, much different. And oh, we were yeah. very fortunate to be feeling really, really good the way we were. And I thought our guys did a good job of just kind of sitting with that and kind of harnessing that and focusing with it. So I think now that we've understood that we've earned this opportunity to get there, this we're lucky to have this week and a half here to kind of rest up and prepare for the week um, coming up for the run at Nationals. And then after that, it's like, you know what, now it's like everything we've done in the past, it's now going to be put in present. And we get the opportunity to do it. And, you know, what more could we talk about and say, hey, like, can we speak all year long? Like, we need to be here. So we're playing this way for this opportunity, right. next level and next level. Now we're in this opportunity. The people from the next level are there. We've worked all year long towards us. We're rested and ready to go. Like, this is kind of brewed up to be a perfect storm. So, Jackson, we're going to get away from hockey just for a little bit here. If you're back home, and I got to say this right, I won't keep on to say Pawnee, like Pawnee, Indiana on, yeah. the, uh, uh, on the TV show. This is Shawnee, yes. Kansas. If you're back home in Shawnee, Kansas, on a Friday night, and you want something to do, you're not playing hockey, where are you going? I'm going fishing. Going fishing. If the summer's That's if, the first the answer we've nice. gotten since that. And that's a man after my heart being from northern Wisconsin. So you're not going to a bar. You're not going to a restaurant. You're going out fishing. Yeah, I'm going outside. <laughs> I do love that's that. That's a good answer. Well, we, you do, you've done some ice fishing up here too, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Asher Page is from uh, – up in northern wisconsin so uh, oh, sure. he's been taking me around and showing me the ways so did you get out on the st croix river to ice fish i did not uh okay. i'm not sure if i i feel safe out on that river <laughs> you know my my wife is from iowa and she says the same thing she said i can't believe they got shacks and stuff out there on moving water right but yet you you look out there on a january day and there's tons of 150 yeah. people out there so uh so you're going ice fishing or fishing or whatever back home if you're in hudson and you're gonna have this friday off where are you going don't go on the ice. The ice is yeah. starting to fade now. We're what, at 50 what degrees. Are you, what today. are you up to? What are you and the boys up to? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, some guitar hero at home uh -huh. with, with the billet dog. Okay. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> like that. Uh, I don't know. Just hanging out with the boys, just doing whatever. And the community of Hudson has, has been good to you. You you like it here? Yeah, it's awesome down here. I mean, everything's really nice. So, Are, are your mom and dad going to go out to, to Boston? Yep, they will be there. They're going to fly out or drive out? Fly. They're going to fly. Yeah. And you guys are flying out. You're not going to drive out. Yeah, there. we'll fly out. You took the you took the bus to Boston, but that was for a showcase. That was many many years ago. Years ago, that was a much different time in the Havoc Generation era. Okay, so Jackson, when the the season is done, okay, whatever happens in Boston, where does where do you want to be next year? You're going to possibly a second year with the Havoc. If that's not the case, where would you like to to be playing? Uh, I mean, hopefully in the Null would okay. be the next step, but uh. Other than that, I'll probably I'll probably be coming back here. Okay, for another season. And, and John, with the, and this guy is going to have a big summer. One thing that for me that I always I don't want to say worry about. You don't I don't worry about. It. I, I believe and trust our guys that they're going to make sure that they're doing what they need to do over the summer. But Jackson is a guy that you, you know with his past track record, with the way he puts the time and effort to make sure that he's on the ice and in the weight room and doing what he's doing. Like very real possibility that we're not going to have him back here. Of course, we would love to have him. Sure. We would open him. We'd welcome him back with open arms. But at the same time, too. Um, we're doing everything we can to make sure we're kicking his butt out the door here. Well, and that's one thing Coach Coach Wall has has done such a good job of. We we've, we've had uh, so many segments of players that have, are are here and there and everywhere else, and that's a big part of junior hockey. And this this Havoc team has been very successful moving players onto the next level wherever that may be, and that's obviously a reason you came here in the first place. Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Wall does a, a phenomenal job of that. I mean, he's always moving people on. So, yeah, that's a main reason why I'm here. Before I let you go, what would winning a national championship mean to mean to you? I mean, it'd be like the coolest thing ever, right? I mean, the the highest level I can win at. So, to be able to get uh, get that championship on your belt and and the ring and the experience and on the resume and the, the whole thing is yep. uh, you're, you're close. It's, it's We're right we there. Have to, you're you're there. You're in, you're in a position to do it, Jackson. Taylor, number 51, Hudson Havoc will be looking for you uh, out in Boston. And thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. And uh, good luck to you, whatever you choose to do here in your future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast in a moment. Hudson Havoc would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone in the Havoc community for playing a part in this memorable, successful season. Thank you, sponsors, game day staff, billet families, and all the fans. They came out this season to support the Havoc team. Be sure to follow the Havoc next weekend out at the National Tournament on Hockey TV. All details can be found at HudsonHavoc.com. Now, back to our final segment as Brett Wall discusses the upcoming National Tournament. Tell us about uh, the tournament and how many teams are coming in and your preparations. There's a lot to talk about there, but Hudson is actually going to Hudson. Yeah, I mean, in, ne in next week's podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about like who we're playing and kind of our game plan stuff, okay. but we'll kind of talk about the tournament now. Um, yeah, so 16 teams come. Uh, it's You're in pools of four, and you're seated based off where you finish. So for us, Blue okay. Ox are one in the Midwest. We're two in the Midwest. And they put us into pools accordingly as such. Okay. Um, so, like, for us, we will play the Florida Division's number one team, the um, Midwest or the Midwest East number mm -hmm. one team, and then I believe it's the Atlantic second team. Okay. Um, so, four teams are set into a pool, and there's four different pools, so 16 teams total. Top two teams out of each pool will play. So, you get three games guaranteed. We'll play okay. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, one game a day. 
Based off of that, the top two teams from each pool will come out, and it'll be a quarterfinals with eight teams on Sunday. Monday would be the semifinals to get with four, and then your final game would be on Tuesday is kind of how that's going to progress throughout the course of the week. So possibility of six games in six days, and if you put me in that spot, like, Feel very, very comfortable with the way our guys are conditioned, the guys are the way our guys can play. So th- this this is very much a departure from a classic sixteen team one and done traditional tournament play down. This is very different. Yep, it's an opportunity for us to come out. So like for for us as, as a league, it is about development, right? Right. So when you come out, there's an opportunity to crown a national champion, but there's still an opportunity for three really good games against no matter what, to where you are playing against teams that are at a national championship caliber right. level. Um, so for us, it's like an opportunity every day, not only to make sure that we're continually working towards our goal of playing for a national title, but also too, when you're playing these caliber of teams and these quality of players, opportunity to be seen as an individual as well. Well, and I think that's an excellent way to do this because teams coming from all over and yep. you, and you go out there and you, if it's a one and done, you have, you have a bad game. That's a lot of, you know, a lot of logi- a lot of logistics. I mean, even even right. now we're battling through a lot of logistics. But I'm going to be honest with you, John. I'm preparing to make sure that we're there until Tuesday of next week. Um, for me, the way things go and the way we've played and the way we've continued to progress, I see no reason why we can't be competing for that uh, game there on uh, Tuesday next week or and, two weeks from now. And so, once the uh, it sinks in that you've won it and you're going, and just tell us about you. You referenced this a little bit earlier. You've got to get working on on a lot of different things, hotels and, and all that stuff. So just tell us a little bit about some of the things you've done in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, we uh, so we. We won the game. We drove home. We got home at probably two in the morning. Okay. Uh, had a re- Sunday. Yep. Had Mon- Monday morning. Monday morning, technically. Had to return a U-Haul um, like uh, storage trailer for the guys' equipment that we put in. Had sure. to return that by seven fifteen a.m. And then I was going to take a nap for like thirty minutes, and then I ended up taking uh, a eight hour sleep starting at ten thirty. Is that what it was? Um, okay. At night, actually. So I never got around to the nap. I was kept telling myself I was going to do that. Uh, we got hotels booked. We got flights organized. It's all um, done. We're working on confirming and finalizing our transportation when we're out there and then kind of working to make sure that all the meals are set up. So it's uh, these last 36 hours have been a lot of uh, preparing, planning. Um, we took the last two days off the ice just to give the guys a chance to recover and rest. Six games in six days, we got to be rest. Like we are prepared. We know we have, I hate saying this, but we have the uh, the test with all the answers on it already. Um, we yeah. just need to make sure we study it and brush up on it. And then we get a chance to go circle the right answers. So it's one of those things where it's, like, I think preparation is going to be key as far as making sure that we're ready with a game plan. But I also think at the same time, rest is going to be a key, uh, a key factor in this. So we're recording this on t- a Tuesday yep. in the afternoon. So we're only a couple of days out from this. So you've already done a heck of a lot just in two days. We, we've done quite a bit, but at the same time too, how much fun, like, oh, uh, yeah. To say that this buzz has worn off of uh, how how high you are from the victory, it would, it would be a lie. Um, at the same time, too, I just keep telling myself, man, I could be sitting on the couch trying to pull myself out of the lows right now, right. too. Um, so it's one of those things we're very, very grateful. But, yeah, a lot of work kind of at hand. And just knowing that all the work that you are going to put in, it's only going to help and benefit the players once we get there and make things comfortable. And, again, we've kind of continuously preached getting comfortable away from uh, the uncomfortable. Now, you told me a story about two years ago. Some of your players – one in particular, his name escapes me, had never been on a plane before. Yeah. And, and so these are young guys, yep. you know, and they're away from home and stuff. But um, this is a great experience for them 
to, to be able to make a trip like this and play in a big event like this. Well, I mean, it's cool, right? Like how, how many times in your life uh, do you compete at the highest level or like to be a national champion? Right. I mean, you see stuff on TV every year where you see football and basketball and the March Madness and it's, it's great. Right. And how, how many kids, kids have won stuff. How many kids truly come from like a winning background or a winning program? Right. Like we had a few guys on our team, like, man, like I've won stuff before. Like, but like I, we've won state. I've never like gone to like nationals or anything. like, yeah pretty cool like this is this is what we come to hudson for this is the whole point like we want to get here we want to win we want to move guys on and you know it's it's an experience too that they're going to reflect on 20 years from now the whole the whole thing 100 i mean the meeting at team the, the message at team meeting this morning was that we do have a banner and it does say national champion like chip on there yeah. now does it say national champions does it say where we were at right. or does it say national championship appearance i said boys i said we're now in the business of dictating what's written on our banner I said, let's make sure that we are well aware of what we're doing here. <clears throat> have you been able to, or have you gotten your players to be able to, and this is a hard thing to do. And in many years of calling sports, I can remember calling a game. It was a sectional final game and it came down to the last minute and there was a timeout. And I said, you know, in the next two minutes, one of these teams, the, uh, the season's going to end. Right. Okay. But you can just pause for a moment and just appreciate that moment before whatever happens out there, good, bad, or otherwise, and, and, and appreciate the moment. That's a hard thing to do when you're in the middle of it. But have you been able to find a way to do that? You know, I, I, I actually, I used to, like for me, I used to be like a clock watcher and or sure. like when, when the, um, we get a timeout, like guys can take a second to kind of feel this and enjoy the feelings and emotions that this year, I don't know, like not, maybe that was me kind of calming my own nerves more sure. than anything yeah. and more than trying to kind of reassure the guys like, Hey, take this in. This year, I looked at the clock, like the 7.50 mark. I remember being at 7.50. Didn't really look at it again. We took a penalty around the 3.40 mark. And then I don't think again until we killed the penalty at like a minute 12 left, I kind of looked at the clock. So for me, like it, it just kind of all flowed together and went really well. There wasn't really this feeling of like, hey, take this in because I just, I feel like it, we, we knew it was ours and we were in control. And like, you know, when like you're so just like dialed in on a, on a vision, right. like it's like nothing's going to stop us from getting this. Like, it, it was truly a different, it, like, it, it was a killer instinct. It's the only way to describe it. Like, it was, it was cold blooded and it was with intent. Like, and it, it was just, there, there was something about it. Like the, the, the vibe, like there was no pulling guys away from a second. Yeah. We were just that laser focused. And I just thought to myself, like, what better as a coach is what you're striving for, right? All year long, you're working and working and working so that you have this one game. And the most important game of the yeah. year, we decided to have that one game. Like, for me, I guess I was kind of taking it in, but I was just like, so just like, heck yeah. Like I was so just encouraged right. by what you saw um, that you, you always remember those feelings and emotions, but it was hard for me to step back and kind of breathe it all in. It's very hard to do it. And, and the vast majority of the time, that whole appreciation is done in retrospect because oh, you're so next to it in yep. the moment. It, it's very hard to do. Well, we had to talk about it too today when I talk about the banner or anything. I said, guys, when we come back 25 years from now, what's yeah. our banner say? Right. Yeah. Like that, and that is the fun thing, right? Like no matter what, when we bring our kids, our families, whatever, you know, wherever guys may be, when you ever come back to Hudson, that banner is going to be hanging in that ring. And it's like, that's something where it's like, you know, really think about that. Like what, what you're doing yeah. here. And again, you said maybe reflection and stuff comes later, but that's kind of stuff you think about, right? You 20 bet. years from now, how cool would it be for us to all be together celebrating our national title together and looking up and watching our banner hang? Like, that'd be freaking awesome. And because of the success that the Hudson teams have had, not, not just the high school, but you, yep. you, you got Pee Wee banners out there. You got Bantam banners, all that stuff there. The, the Hudson hockey has really set a high level, whatever level, whether it's the Havoc or the yep. Raiders or whoever, of, of winning championships. There's a, there's a lot of banners hanging up there. 
Well, you know, when I when you think of Vegas, you think of either losing big or winning big, oh, right? Yeah. And when you think of HUD Vegas, you think of winning. It's the only yep. thing you do here. If you if you don't win, there there's an issue. But the way this community supports its hockey programs from ours all the way down to their might program, yep. but the way the rink supports them, us all the way down to the might program, and just the amount of hockey knowledge and like just people that understand the game around here, like there's an expectation here that yes, you have fun, yes, you develop but you're learning the life through game through the game. Right. And when you're willing to show up every day from a very, very young age and realize that winning is the expectation, like tell me that's not life, right? Yeah. Wake up and be a winner or be a loser. And when you know winning and winning and winning is bred and put down your throat from the time you're a mite until yeah. the time you're done with me. And then whenever you move on, like Hudson is pushing some kids out of this community that are playing some really, really good hockey. I mean, there's some kids that have stayed here in Hudson um, throughout the entire course of their high school career and made that jump. There's some kids that have come to the Havoc and made that jump. But there's some kids that have also left Hudson at a very young age that maybe don't get recognized as much because they're still not here. But those kids were born and bred here. Yep. So, I mean, this is definitely a hockey community. It's a hockey hotbed. And the support that these guys give their players at all levels, I mean, it's tremendous. And we're going to we're gonna wrap this up here before too long. We're going to talk more about specifics next week yep. podcast. And, and you're leaving what day? Uh, we're gonna be leaving Wednesday. We're leaving Wednesday, so we'll probably I'll have a little more details for you next week as far as what's going on. So we'll probably record this a week from next week on Tuesday or something, and and, yep. and, and get that out. But before we go, I, I I have to I have to ask this, and this will probably take some reflection. Your first year here, it's no secret, you were put in a less than ideal situation where this team came together last second, yep. and you got knocked around pretty good. That was five years ago. Okay, this is your second chance out to go to the national championship. We know what happened two years ago, and it wasn't that you got in the championship game and lost. Yep. There was no championship game. And so there was that bittersweet feeling of, of, of how that whole thing played out. How satisfying is that here in year five that you've built this culture and, and really had the success that you've had when you, when you reflect back on that first year and how challenging that was? You know, I, it's hard to reflect back, honestly. More responsibility. Like for me, the, the winning of this, you know, division and whatnot and like getting to the national tournament, like, yeah, it felt great. But like th this year I'm hungrier. I think there's more responsibility. Like we, we've done this before and we sure. did this in the past. Now there's a responsibility to go win one. Okay. And there's been a lot of guys that have worked hard and put some blood, sweat and tears into this program that want to see this done. And it's, it's my job to go see it through and to make sure that we have the guys here that are going to be able to be capable of that. And that's just for me, it's almost just like we've come so far and I'm the happiest I've ever been with our program, but I'm also the hungrier I've ever been, right? Sure. It's, it's, it's almost like when you win one and you get a taste that you want more, right? You want more. And I want these guys to want more. And that's kind of how the culture is supposed to be bred, right? The guys before you left a great piece there for you and you've got to take a step farther. And I think it's it's more responsibility in a positive way. Okay. It's not a burden or like a, a like a, oh man, that's a lot of stress. Like it's a lot of fun. Like our program is pushed to the highest where it's like people are expecting us to go win a national title. Yeah. Like how awesome is that? Five years ago, people were, were surprised if we won a game. Right. You know, and so it's like there's responsibility. Like those guys that were here year one, there's responsibility to them to make sure that we do something, right? So when they say, hey, I'm a part of the Hudson Havoc, they were a part of the Hudson Havoc when things weren't as good as it was now. Right. But they're still a part of this. And, and that's our brand and that's our program and that's our history and we're proud of it. And now it's like, hey, I played for the Havoc. They send kids to school every year. They send kids to the next level. Right. They win national tournaments. They make national tournament appearances. Like, it, it, it's a responsibility more than anything. And it, I feel that. I feel it with pride. I, I hope that's known. Well, it's, it's, been, it's been a great, great story. And we're looking so forward to, you know, 
going out there and doing next next week's podcast. Hudson to Hudson. Hudson to Hudson. So uh, head coach and general manager, Brett, well, thank you so much. We uh, uh, talked about a lot, a lot of things. We're lo- really excited for you, you know, to go out there and do that. And looking forward to next week talking about some more specifics before, before you leave on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll get the details kind of wrapped up and tightened up. Let uh, you guys know as far as our fans and John kind of keep you up to date with what's going on. We'll have our schedule released and our game times. We'll all kind of be there. Um, a little more, I've had a better idea of kind of what things will look like for the uh, the shakeup of the tournament. Sounds good. The Hudson Havoc heading out east, trying to bring home a national championship. We'll talk more about that next week. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Hudson Havoc podcast. I want to thank Brett Wall. We want to also thank uh, Jackson Taylor yep. for uh, coming on and learning more about him. And uh, stay tuned next week. We'll uh, have a great show for you on the eve of the national championship tournament. The John Wecken from Locust Street Studios saying thank you for tuning in.